0: Welcome to another edition of Park Talk Podcast, the official podcast of the Naperville Park District. Welcome to another episode of Park Talk Podcast and our 2021 State of the Park District address. For this segment, I'm happy to welcome Brad Wilson, Director of Recreation and Facilities, and Eric Schutz, Director of Planning, to discuss some district-wide goals and capital projects that are planned for this year. Thanks for being a part of our podcast. Thank you. Thank you. This year's State of the Park District theme is rising to the challenge, as I think we can all agree that this past year has presented the district with many unique aspects regarding COVID-19 that we've had to overcome. When I look at the list of district-wide goals and capital projects for this year, they're very different from last year's focus on what we called the big three development projects at Knock Park, 95th Street, Wolf's Crossing. Rather, our 2021 goals highlight several different aspects including business operations, bringing some projects to an official conclusion, and moving out of the pandemic. It feels like this year will be one of those transitional kind of years for the Park District. Now, Brad, I'm gonna start with you. One of our district-wide goals involves COVID-19 recovery efforts, which is challenging in and of itself, given the fluid nature of the pandemic and its impacts. Can you talk about what recovery efforts look like for the district and what residents can expect this year in terms of program and facility operations?
1: Sure. Well, we're very optimistic that this year we're going to be able to bring back many of the programs and facilities that were unable to meet or to open in 2020. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, it is one of the district's goals, uh, in fact, to reopen facilities district-wide that were not able to open in uh, 2020, such as Centennial Beach or Centennial Grill, Riverwalk Cafe, and uh, the Knock Knowles Nature Center uh... facility operations may look a little bit different uh... we will certainly continue to work underneath uh... state guidelines mm-hmm. so that may involve some restrictions around capacities um, the, whether or not we're able to host as many drop-in programs or whether that will require reservations so when you look at facilities this year uh, you know we are looking at uh, potentially fewer drop-in programs but still offering those programs just having the requirement that you would need to to have that reservation before visiting a facility uh, reducing some of our on-site transactions, especially when you visit uh, a facility like Centennial Beach. We're looking at uh, possibly providing an option for uh, residents to be able to purchase daily admissions prior to even visiting the facility. So mm-hmm. uh, all of those types of options. With our programs, we're looking at, uh, again, use of outdoor space, uh, utilizing outdoors, moving some of our programs to those locations uh, where people are able to spread out. And what we've found is residents feel comfortable when they're participating in a program uh, that's outdoors using some of our larger spaces having smaller class sizes all of that will continue Mm -hmm. Um, and as I mentioned you know really bringing back some of those programs that uh, the community has enjoyed for years and and bringing that back uh, this year in 2021.
0: Sure, and you mentioned bringing things back outdoors again, and it seems like in 2020, there was a lot of success around that, whether it was Fort Hill programs being outside, some of our events that could still operate with social distancing parameters, you know, outdoors. I I think that people were clamoring for things to do, and we saw a lot of great participation as a result.
1: Absolutely, and we want to continue to build upon that, and and Mm -hmm. certainly uh, there were some good things that came out of 2020 with some of our events and and programs that certainly we're going to look to carry forward and and be able to continue providing to the community.
0: That's great. So, Brad, I'm going to continue with you and kind of take a little bit of a different turn here. In 2011, the district received its National CAPRA accreditation through the National Recreation and Park Association. This year, reaccreditation is on the agenda. First of all, what does it mean to be accredited in the fields of parks and rec, and why is it important?
1: Well, CAPRA, which stands for Commission for Accreditation of Park and Recreation Agencies, uh, it's a program that provides quality assurance and quality improvement of park and recreation agencies throughout the U.S. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are agencies that uh, can become CAPRA accredited throughout the entire nation. Uh, And it provides agencies with a management system of best practices and, and measures an agency's overall quality of operation or management, in uh, service to the community, and really achieving CAPRA accreditation is one way uh, to demonstrate that our agency and staff provide the community with the highest level of service.
0: Mm-hmm. And we're one of a relatively small number of agencies across the United States that's accredited. Is that not, not that's the case? correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah yes. that's what I thought. What does that process look like in terms of district-wide efforts and staff working on various things for accreditation? Sure.
1: Well, with accreditation, uh, certainly the practices and procedures that are put in place uh, as part of accreditation is something that uh, spans throughout the years. Uh, it becomes part of the overall normal operations mm-hmm. for the, the district. Uh, but the process of, of working through either accreditation or, in this case, reaccreditation, spans several months. Uh, it includes preparing a self-assessment where we have over 150 standards. Uh, that the the park district must uh, provide evidence that we are complying with that Mm -hmm. we are following the procedures we have the policies in place the practices the best practices as I mentioned before uh, in providing that evidence to a team of evaluators who will uh, actually in past years have come to Naperville and actually visited our facilities met with staff Uh, in 2021 in the the COVID era uh, that uh, looks like it will be done virtually this year Mm -hmm. Uh, but really providing that evidence that uh, here are our best practices here's how we're practicing that uh, within the Naperville Park District operations and then we're scored on that.
0: And what does that mean to the community? Why is that important to just a, a resident per se?
1: Well, as I mentioned, it it provides and it demonstrates the the high level of service that we provide to the community, Mm -hmm. Uh, but it also recognizes the community as a great place to live. Uh, The fact that that, uh, a community has an accredited park district uh, just shows the overall level of professionalism and service that is being provided to that community. Uh, It helps to secure external financial support and reduce some of the costs to the community uh, when we're seeking some of the alternative funding that help with overall district operations. Uh, It holds our agency accountable uh, to the public and ensures responsiveness to to meet their needs. Uh, And it ensures that the staff that we have working here at the Park District, that we're providing overall quality customer service to to our residents.
0: Absolutely, and one of the um, other podcast episodes, we talk about finances and how the element of trust is so important to the communities in, in that regard. And I, I sort of see the accreditation in a similar vein that it shows that we're a trustworthy organization.
1: Absolutely. Trust is extremely important, uh, mm-hmm. extremely important to have within the community and, and with our residents. So something that we always want to, to make sure that we maintain.
0: Definitely. Eric, switching gears a little bit, what kinds of projects are planned this year from a capital project standpoint?
2: Yes, so there are actually over 50 capital improvement projects and initiatives planned for this year for the Naperville Park District. Uh, They fall into a couple of categories. The first category is essentially new uh, amenities infrastructure. A great example uh, planned for this year is a new parking lot uh, to be located at the recently developed uh, 95th Street Community Plaza, uh, which is south of the 95th Street Library. Uh, And so the parking lot is something that came up during the design phase in uh, 2019 and then when we were developing the site in 2020 at the 95th street community plaza when we opened the splash pad last year in 2020 uh, we realized based on the tremendous amount of um, interest and and need and and what we're hearing from the residents we really needed a parking lot at that location so a new parking lot will be placed uh, constructed at that site for the uh, 95th street community plaza um, early this year in preparation for Mm -hmm. the summer program season Uh, Also, we have new AD accessible um, trail connections uh, planned at Frontier Sports Complex and other um, locations throughout the Naperville Park District. And then the other component is the repair and replacement of parks and facilities as it relates to amenities and infrastructure. And so we have a quite extensive uh, playground renovation plan. Uh, We started this last year in 2020. um, And then all of a sudden, as we all know, the uh, pandemic settled in and, uh, but we were still able to utilize technology and online resources to conduct um, community outreach. and was really um, outstanding. We had a chance to work with residents in the comfort of their own home to select play equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, we also, we had a uh, skate facility renovation plan for Frontier Sports Complex in 2020. Uh, and the same thing, the residents and the stakeholders had a chance to select the equipment as part of an online survey. So these projects are renovation projects that we shifted up uh, to 2021 based on issues associated with the pandemic, but we're excited because we have so much input and we're ready to roll out these renovations in 2021. Uh, so it's the combination of the new, but also the repair and replacement. And as we know of a district of this size and scope and, and magnitude, that the repair and replacement and keeping it in a tip-top shape um, from a maintenance perspective is, is very important.
0: That's great. And I love the fact that the whole public participation process has gone online, and that people have really embraced that. I'm not surprised, but I'm glad to see that because I feel like we get a lot more, a lot more feedback volume-wise, but also a lot more meaningful feedback that way.
2: And as we know, those were the uh, the, the playground renovations and mm-hmm. the skate park. But last year, we also hosted our uh, annual um, capital projects public open house, right. which yep. we did online. Uh, and that was during the month of August of 2020. And we gather so much input that actually is a nice springboard as we go into the implementation of these projects in 2021.
0: That's great. And you started off by mentioning parking lot, which is kind of funny because, you know, the fact that that's a highlight. But it is a highlight because 95th Street, the new, you know, the community plaza that we opened last year, that's been, it's been so great. And there's so many people coming to enjoy that. So between that and then the farmers market, people are going to love the new parking. That's really key.
2: Absolutely. Yep.
0: Eric, a bit earlier, I mentioned bringing some projects to an official conclusion. Can you talk about a couple of initiatives that fit into that category?
2: Yes. Yeah, so, so I mentioned earlier the obviously the um, uh, the playgrounds and then the skate facility uh, at Frontier Sports Complex, um, and then 95th Street Community Plaza with the parking lot. But one that really bubbles to the top as we all know is wolf's crossing community park mm-hmm. um, this was a 33 acre site undeveloped within the naperville park district inventory In uh, early 2018 we conducted an extensive uh, community outreach and uh, on-site uh, or site master plan for this uh, beautiful undeveloped um, parcel land for a new community park uh, and so through the input we received um, from over a uh, 1,000 on just one survey alone, uh, tremendous support. And as we all know, um, throughout the years, and especially in 2017 and 2018, the housing um, uh, market down there was really booming in right. South Naperville. So we, in a way, we really had a captive audience and a little tidbit of, of background information. And this would be the third iteration of master planning we did for the site. And every time we did it, there, just, there was input, but not to the level we just received. And mm-hmm. so it was tremendous that we were able to really do a deep dive and reaching in um, to the community and gathering. The, it was very embraced and gathering so much input that allowed us to provide a diverse offering of amenities at Wolf's Crossing Community Park. Essentially something for everyone, right, um, for all ages and abilities. So we're really excited about that so kind of closing the loop uh in response to your um question sam is that in 2019 and 2020 we we started the construction and then obviously pandemic hit we had some weather delays other delays with labor labor and materials but in uh october of last year we in a way reached substantial completion were able to open quite a few amenities at wolf's crossing community park and uh, a lot of that has to do with you know the playgrounds and which I'll get to uh, more in the um, in a moment. But it was just really great that we got that done. And also as a district, we had the opportunity to secure an open space lands acquisition and development grant known as OSLAD or OSLAD, uh with the Illinois Department of Natural Resources mm-hmm. in the state of Illinois. And that's going to allow the park district at the time of fi- uh, final completion uh, later this year. Uh, to secure $400,000 for that project.
0: Wow, that's great. That's really awesome. I love Wolf's Crossing. It's like my favorite new park and probably part of the reason why it's sort of in my neck of the woods. I drive by there almost every day and it's so crazy. It's crazy good, but even on cold days... I'm seeing people there enjoying, you know, kids enjoying the challenge course, and people playing all different kinds of sports, and walking the trails, and and all of that. Can you give our listeners a quick overview of the different the different types of amenities that they can find at that location?
2: Absolutely. So the um, and, and as I mentioned earlier, it, these amenities are all based on the input we received from the community, mm-hmm. and it was like kind of putting together a puzzle. Um, to fit within this uh, 33-acre parcel. Uh, So the key amenities of basketball courts, sand volleyball courts, uh, pickleball, and tennis courts uh, is kind of what we call the mini sports or court complex. Uh, Next to that, we have a uh, playground with many features and amenities uh, for children of age groups of 2 to 5 and 5 to 12 on um, rubberized uh, surfacing. Uh, And then we have a beautiful splash pad that's um, uh, right next to the playground and then for families who want to enjoy a day at Wills Crossing Community Park, we have a restroom building nearby with showers. And then right next to that, we have the first of its kind for the Naperville Park District is a, um, a challenge course with fitness stations, a 40-yard dash. Uh, and then we also have a challenge hill. Um, Not only for summer activities, for exercise and health and wellness, but in the winter, it's a great opportunity for sledding, which should be Mm -hmm. opened up in uh, the winter of 2021-2022. So we're really excited about that. There's also a loop trail. Um, We talk about health and wellness, and when we conduct our surveys as the Naperville Park District, uh, one of the top amenities that always bubbles to the top for us is trails. Right. And uh, so we install a beautiful loop trail that also connects to adjacent trail systems uh, to the south of West Crossing Community Park. There's also natural areas with interpretive signage, and then there's open turf fields, uh, athletic fields, and practice areas. So, like I mentioned earlier, it's really something for everyone in the community.
0: So that's it? That's all? (laughs) It's amazing. It is an amazing place. And as you mentioned, we had kind of our soft opening back in October, but we are planning to have a community ribbon cutting in May before Memorial Day weekend, just so we can have that official cutting of the ribbon and, and have it officially open for everybody. But that certainly hasn't stopped people from coming there. And it's, it's a really great thing to see. Um, as you'd mentioned, and you know, as I was aware, this the park really had a relatively long runway as far as planning and design and and all of those things that went into it that you mentioned. But since it's been open for use, have you gotten any feedback? And if so, what kinds?
2: Yeah, tremendous amount of feedback. And I think that's all part of the park district taking the initiative and going out from the very beginning, gathering input. And you know, now residents as they drive by Wolf's Crossing and Road and, and various, you know, like uh, residents who live to the south traveling on the trails when they go to the site, they're like, Look, mom, you know, the children are telling us, you know, look, mom and dad, look at the new playground. Look, we, you know, worked on this and we worked on the splash pad mm-hmm. and provided input. Um, but again it's it's we're hearing you know this is something for all ages in the building you can go there as a family and your children would have activities that they enjoy the most uh, as well as adults and they can do something together as a family unit especially you know where we're at with the with the pandemic i mean the whole interest and need is to get outdoors and recreate um, from a health and wellness perspective so we provided in, in southern naperville another opportunity for the community to do this and uh, the other thing is too i mean you're i mean yes the splash pad is seasonal but we have the sled hill we have the trail systems Um, even fall early winter days when there's not a lot of snow um, on the ground you know children are enjoying the playground area so there's a lot there for the community to enjoy and that's you know exactly what we're hearing from them um, and when they go out there to enjoy the site so it's really um, you know um, exciting to be a part of that process and and then at the end hear all these great things from the community that, you know, we, as a park district, we're, we're able to be a part of it and build something that the community is going to enjoy for years to come.
0: It's a great success story for sure. So Brad, looking at the 2021 district-wide goals, we're also at the point where we need to develop a new three-year strategic plan. First of all, why is the strategic plan an important part of district planning and operations?
1: Well, the strategic plan, it's important because it really provides direction to to the district. Uh, It helps to provide focus for our organization on the goals and initiatives that, that we're going to move forward with over the course of the next uh, three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the initiatives that come out of the strategic plan then uh, are utilized in some of our other planning, depart- uh, planning documents, such as the recreation programming plan, uh, which really outlines the scope of the opportunities and the types of programs that we offer as a district, our marketing plan, so mm-hmm. on. and. Even gets to the point of every year when we are developing our departmental goals in determining what each area of the district is going to be focused on within those departments, tying that back to the strategic plan so that uh, across the the organization, we're all moving in the same direction. Right.
0: It's a good way of connecting the dots for everybody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, last time when we went through the process to develop the 2018 to 2020 plan, We had a new mission statement that we worked on, some other bigger picture elements. I would assume that for this go-around, it's going to be simpler from the perspective that we're not going to be tackling some of those bigger picture issues. That said, what kinds of organizational priorities do you anticipate being included?
1: Well, I I think a few of the organizational opportunities or priorities that uh, will be included this year, uh, we will... looking again at uh, going out to the community, gathering feedback, Mm -hmm. uh, a community survey and a market analysis. Uh, to really understand uh, community needs and their, their desires for recreation that was anticipated to, to be completed in 2020 mm-hmm. and we've placed that on hold uh, and we want to wait until really post pandemic we're looking at 2022 to be able to uh, to complete that next segment which then will help with outlining the, the plans and putting together uh, the direction for the district moving forward uh, with respect to recreation facilities and programs I see that as being a big part of uh, the strategic plan mm-hmm. uh, continuing to keep the the community engaged and looking at different ways to be able to gather feedback from the community, uh, whether it be uh, for park projects or for programs or services that we provide, I think will continue to be a theme that we'll see within the strategic plan. Um, And one other area that I think that uh, will be within the strategic plan is uh, continuing to move forward with the challenges associated with addressing minimum wage. Uh, We have minimum wage increases uh that uh are are effective throughout the state that will be occurring over the next several years it's something that the district has been working on as far as having that plan in place Uh, but there are going to be a number of challenges uh, associated with that uh, as we have a very large labor pool uh to, to run our various facilities and programs uh and just having that uh that plan and that direction moving forward as to to how it's going to impact our operations
0: great it's i always like the the planning part of things of course, you know, that always, always has to kick off before you start doing the execution stuff. But I like thinking bigger picture and thinking about the direction that the district is going to go. And I think we do a really effective job planning and kind of going through that whole process. It's not just shooting from the hip and, hey, we're going to do this now. I think that's really a testament to who we are as an organization. It kind of goes back to that trust and stewardship and all those good things that make us who we are and a trusted agree. member of the community.
1: I would agree, and it's it's exciting uh, to to think about the future right. and and what the future holds uh, for the district, and to be able to put those plans in place. And, and I think we really have that culture here at the Naperville Park District mm-hmm. of involving our constituents, our residents, in that planning uh, to to gather their feedback. Uh, that really drives the uh, the decisions and the, and the planning efforts that uh, we put in place uh, to to be able to to outline those next several years for the for the community.
0: Definitely. Well, this has been a great discussion. Thank you, Brad and Eric, for your insights. It seems that 2021 is gonna be another interesting year and certainly a busy year as we're, we're very well used to. I'm hopeful it's going to ultimately be a very successful one for the district as we start to welcome back our residents to all the recreation opportunities we provide. So thank you. You're
2: thank you Thank you very much.
0: Thank you for listening. The Naperville Park District's mission is to provide park and recreation experiences that promote healthy lives, healthy minds, and a healthy community. Park Talk Podcast is a production of the Naperville Park District.